Some of us are reading the book, The Greatest Gift, written by Anne Voskamp. It's a book that is helping us each day through Advent to focus on Jesus and keep him at the centre of our Advent season. And in the preface, Anne writes this. When you open the pages of scripture to read of his coming, of this first Advent, before you ever read of the birth of Jesus, you always have the genealogy of Jesus. It's the way the gift unwraps. You have Christ's family tree before you have a Christmas tree. If you don't come to Christmas through Christ's family tree and you come into the Christmas story just at the Christmas tree, this is hard to understand the meaning of his coming. It's interesting, Anne is talking about the fact that if we want to truly understand the gift of Jesus, we need to not start with the Christmas tree. We need to not start with Christmas Day and the birth of a baby, but we're to look back throughout his family line, his genealogy, to look back to his ancestors, because there's something very important as we do that, because we learn so many truths about God, about his character, and how the unwrapping of this gift of Jesus actually can play out in our lives and the difference that he can make. And so each day through this book, we are looking at different characters in the genealogy of Jesus. And today on the 7th of December, we're looking at Abraham. We're looking at Genesis chapter 22. And here we find Abraham and he is spoken to by God. And God gives him this message. God tells him to take his only son, Isaac, to take him to a specific place and to sacrifice him. Now you read this and you think, oh my life, what kind of God is this? What would I do if I was in Abraham's situation? Here's God and he's saying, take your one and only son, the one that you love, take him to this place, basically kill him, sacrifice him for me. What the heck is going on here? Now, if I'm Abraham, I'm like, thanks ever so much, bye now, see ya. I'm having nothing to do with it. Well, why would I do that? Abraham is obviously, a, as we know, a far more godly person than I because he hears what God has said and he just quietly and gently goes about his business and he takes Isaac and they go on this journey and they make their way to the place that God has asked Abraham to bring Isaac to. And not only does he make, does he make his way there, but we see that he prepares an altar, that he gets the wood that he binds up his one and only son. He puts him on the altar. We see he has a knife and he draws the knife and he is poised and he is ready to do what God has asked him to do, to sacrifice his one and his only son. And in the moment that he is about to take the knife to his son, this is what scripture says happens. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in a the thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide.
God had taken Abraham to this place. Abraham had faithfully followed him and put his trust in him and God came through for him. God provided a way out. He provided a ram that could be sacrificed in the place of his son. He wanted to know where Abraham's heart was. Abraham's heart was after God. He was trusting God in the most (laughs) horrendous of ways, but he did. He trusted him and he had this assurance and he came to this place of understanding that the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. My question for us today as we look at Abraham is do we believe that the Lord will provide for us where we're at? Now God hasn't taken us into difficult situations in our lives like he did with Abraham. But it may be that we are facing difficult situations in our lives. These are not of God's making. But God wants to meet us in the midst of these situations and to provide for us. If we think to the prophets, they foretold Jesus coming. One of the things they said about Jesus was that he was to be the Prince of Peace. Maybe it's peace that we need the Lord to provide for us today. Maybe it's hope, maybe it's help. I don't know. What is going on in your life today? In what ways do you want to invite God to help you and to provide for you? It might be emotionally, it might be financially, it might be relationally, it might be a work issue, it might be a friendship issue, it might be your children, it might be who knows what else it might be. The Lord provides throughout scripture. We see that again and again and again. And we see that through the birth of Jesus that the Lord has provided a way for us to receive forgiveness from our sins, to be connected to God and to have the privilege of being called his children and to come to him in our time of need. What is it that you need God to provide for you today? I want to invite you to do two things. Firstly, maybe just pause and think back on some of the times when God has provided for you in the past and just give thanks and be encouraged by them. And then secondly, I want us just to pause and then just to freely bring to God the areas that we would like him to provide for us in and invite him to work. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus.